Hey, good morning, all. Welcome to the Common Good Podcast, uh, Red Hat, Blue Hat edition. Good morning. Welcome to you, Casey Franklin. Good morning. Hey, a little programming note, uh, really a programming apology. The last couple of weeks, we've missed a whole lot of our normally scheduled Vote Common Good podcast. Lots of things, a little travel. Uh, some people got sick and had canceled mm. at the last minute. So anyway, glad to be back. Mm. I know we've been a little sparse and uh, we... Uh, we miss you all, so so thanks. And Casey, we've we've also had to reschedule this one. Normally, we're on yeah. every other Monday, and now we're here on a Wednesday. Yeah, doing doing the best we can. Hey, starting with the weather, no, uh, no. it's going to be lovely today in Minneapolis. It's going to be 58, 59, same tomorrow, and then the cold comes. And the f- remainder of the forecast doesn't yeah. get above 45 degrees probably until May <laughs> around here. Uh, wow. How's it looking in yeah. beautiful Colorado? Yeah, that's awesome. Man, it's almost like uh, we're living in the same place, man. It's just—I think it's going to be about sixty here today, which is, you know, feels more like seventy with the Colorado sun. But uh, the cold is coming, so everything changes this weekend. So yeah. it must be the same weather pattern. Yeah, I don't know. And and now we've we've just had very very unseasonably uh, lovely lovely weather, and now we're just getting back yeah. to normal. Yeah, yeah, it's like vacation is over. Yeah, exactly. Back to, back to work exactly hey, hey for people that are un yeah. uh, uninitiated in red hat blue hat casey and i've been friends for a long long time uh we're very mm-hmm. similar in a lot of ways we're both going to play some music today by the way both casey and i last week or in the, since we were last uh on this oh, yeah. podcast have sang out loud in front of people at bars uh that's right that's uh, right man Casey first had a whole little set what well, you did you did five or six songs did you do is that what you did yeah i did five songs and uh, it sounds like I uh, inspired you a little bit there. For sure. There is no <laughs> doubt. When you sent that video of you in a, in a, and now here in your case, you were in a raucous bar, you know, doing regular, yeah. you know, like yeah. bar singer stuff. I was like, yep. man, I, 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 I want to do that. Um, and yeah. um, so I signed up for, for an you. open mic that I have been scouting out uh, on the, nice. the last uh, couple of weeks and which is not a bar scene. I mean, it's technically at a cider, a cider house, Minneapolis cider company. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a little but, more laid back, but yeah. it's a set aside, um, oh, okay. like open mic thing in a, in yep. an area of the, so everyone yep. there is there to watch the open mic, which runs for three hours. So it's not like people are having drinks and roaming around and yeah, well, all, you got a lot more attention on you focused attention. That's a lot more pressure. <laughs> sure do. So uh, yeah. uh, I look forward to taking this this little red hat, blue hat on the road, and we hit up a little music. And uh, oh yeah, dude, let's do it. Let's it'll do be, it. Yeah, it'll be a whole lot of fun. Um, yeah. yeah. So thank you for your for your uh, modeling and your inspiration of. Uh, of uh, I'm so glad. Out. I'm so glad, and congratulations. Thank you. And uh, also, Casey's been working on uh, some recording editions. Uh, yeah. that are really great. Yeah. I, I, oh, won't, I won't spoil it in case we're going to release that uh, here on the red hat, blue hat. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So anyway, Casey and I, lots of lots in common. Been friends for a long time. Both, um, you know, similar ages. We came both uh, grew up here in the Minneapolis, the St. Paul, Twin yeah. Cities area, um, and uh, faith leaders. All kinds of things in common. And we disagree about Donald Trump. And turns out, sort of about a longer political thing. And so, mm-hmm. in an act of friendship, we want to model in front of others that you can talk very directly about things. Uh, both quite passionate about many things, um, but even our disagreements and, uh, you can love each other and you can understand each other. And our goal is to be able to understand each other well enough 
that you can uh, express the other person's opinion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, someone else. Hey, and by the way, Casey, I've had to do that a bunch of times. People are like, hey, I listen to that Red Hat, Blue Hat talk. And, yeah. and they'll say like, what do you think? This People say this to me, like on text messages and personal thing. Like, what do you think Casey would say about like, they think I'm the, <laughs> like I'm the Casey whisperer or something, you know, like somehow I know. Hey, um, maybe we need to uh, have some little uh, WWC, uh, what would it be? What would... What, what would Casey, Casey say? <laughs> WWCS? Yeah. Well, get bracelets, set them around. What would Casey say? What would Casey say yeah. about? Because I'll tell you, one of the gifts that you provide to the people that I know that I know who watch this, and uh, you know, I don't know yeah. everybody, but I know some of the people who, who watch and listen to the podcast, um, you're someone who thinks about Trump in the way that a lot of their family or friends do, but they can't talk to them about it. Mm-hmm. So you're a bit of a stand-in for them. And oh, okay. maybe it would be similar that if, you know, if there's people who uh, would not know what a blue hatted person in the world uh, thinks about, they're like, well, that guy's a yeah. bit of a stand in. So that's a lot of pressure sometimes, you know, on both. Yeah. To, yeah. But yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. I know that there's a lot of, uh, we've talked about this a lot before, but there's a lot of relationships that are strained uh, as a result of these differences and, and, uh, you know, it works, works on both sides. I have a lot of, uh, blue hat people that, uh, I can't talk to because they, yeah. they just can't, uh, they can't keep it together when they, when they talk about these things. And, and, uh, I'm like, Hey, you know, let's, let's try to talk about this calmly and rationally, you know, and, and it, you know, it's okay if you get passionate, we, you and I get passionate. And I think that, um, <laughs> as we've talked about before, our uh, our texting conversations are are definitely a test of our friendship. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, but you know you gotta you gotta learn how to have these conversations in a rational and uh, calm yet passionate way and and still be still remain friends and mm-hmm. it's uh, very difficult these days for for people to do that and you talk to people all the time that just say you know I have I have a friend that is the opposite of me and we just don't talk about it. Yep. Just leave, just leave it all out, which is, which yeah. is a thing to do. And that's, that's, yeah. a, that's a tactic. Yeah, exactly. Uh, sure. And, it, and it, if that's what it takes to preserve the friendship, then I'm, then I understand it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still think it's kind of sad. Yeah. And, and I've mentioned this before as well, that it's important to know and have an agreement around what you're mm-hmm. the parameters. The parameters, right? Yeah. Like, so you're you're a hockey goalie. You got a hockey yeah. uh, stick over, over your head. Yeah. When yeah. you when you get on the ice to play hockey, mm-hmm. there's a set of agreements that you have. Even sure. you know, in non non checking hockey, like the goal yeah. is for people to shoot a hockey puck at you off of their stick. Yeah. And when you're in goal and you're out there and you're playing, that's what you do. But yeah. if someone does that to you in the parking lot when you're just walking along. <laughs> Yeah. Then you're like, okay, hang on a minute. It's not about shooting a puck. It's that's yeah. not what we're doing in the parking lot. Like that's not our yeah. deal. And you right. should steal the puck from someone in hockey because that's the point. But if you yeah. walk up and just take someone's uh, puck out of their bag when they're, you know, in right. a garage, then you're like, yeah. whoa, 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 that's a different set of relationships and different set right. of rules, relational rules. And right. sometimes people don't know what the rules are. Right. So right. they in, inside of relationships, they end up uh, talking to somebody with an aggression that feels like, whoa, 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 
uh, is that what we're doing now? So you really have to check that all the time and be sure that like, if you're playing hockey with someone that you're not getting offended by the fact that they shot a hockey puck at you, stole the puck from you, or, you know, bumped into you and checked you, but you do that. There you go. But you do that any other time. It's like, that's not what we do here. So you really do have to, you know, know what the situation is that you're, that, that you're in. And, um, Hey, and I want to put this comment up because Casey, I think this one's interesting. I'm just saying it now uh, from WM Wood on Facebook, who's watching this live. Uh, and I don't know WM Wood, um, but this oh. is, this is interesting. The, the comment is fascism is not rational. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason I want to put this up is there's times where you feel like the position that I hold is the, the view that a fascist would hold. Like you regularly will say things like Germany in the thirties and like, you know, the fascist communist, uh, yeah. Demo- Democrats is probably closer, but yeah, there's, there's kind of a full circle that takes place there. Yeah. yeah. Say it again. I missed, I missed the word you said. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No. And I also use the word, uh, Marxism as well. Yeah. And you know, the, the ironic thing about Marxism and fascism is that they're like a circle. They, they both end up in the same place. They just go around the circle in a different direction. So yeah, I agree. And, and this is the thing, you know, on, on WM, uh, M Woods comment, this could be intended for either of us. I mean, I've watched many conversations where people who uh, hold the views that I hold, uh, you know, liberal, democratic, progressive views say that conservative Trump supporters are fascists. I actually think Trump loves, you know, he loves himself a strong man leader and I think it's super dangerous and acts that way himself in our, in our country. So I'm, I don't call people fascists unless they want to say they're a fascist, but I get why people would. And man, I'm called a fascist by, um, Anybody, anytime I talk about wanting to have the Second Amendment be uh, a protection against everyone carrying weapons, and uh, they're like, "Oh, that's what you fascists want to do—is come in and take it, right?" So, so that's one of the things, right, that you can demonize another person yeah. with a category. And I'm not yeah. saying people don't have reasons and rationale for it. I understand why people call me a fascist. I disagree. I'm not a communist. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Marxist. I'm not a fascist. But I can understand from a person's perspective why they attribute that to, to mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it's best off though, to not attribute a category to someone if they reject yeah. that category. Um, sure. Sure. You know, it's better, it's better not to say to someone, Oh, you are too a whatever yeah. fill in the blank. Yeah. Um, right. But, but that's, so, so the degree to look, and I actually know fascists, right. I, I know people who, who hold a fascist view and mm. they defend it. Right. So, yeah, right. Uh, I, I don't think in America, I'm not talking about people here. I'm talking about people in, that I know in, in, in other countries, especially in parts of Europe and Hungary and so on, um, that are proud of it, you know, and they think it's a it's a positive, a positive way to go. I don't. I would reject it and think it's a real problem. think we need to have alternatives to it. Yeah. Um, but to uh, yeah. uh, but to attach that to somebody else who doesn't want it. I don't think it's is is all. It certainly doesn't well, advance advance the conversation or help you understand the person better uh, when right. you attra- attribute uh, attributes to someone that they that they choose to reject. Right. Well, and I would add to that. I would say uh, the best category that I could come up with that I would say fits the because I agree fascism isn't rational. Uh, <clears throat> I agree with that statement. And, but I would also add to that, 
that um, terrorism is not fa- is not rational either. So when a person identifies as a terrorist or acts like a terrorist, um, there's not a whole lot you can do. It's not yeah. rational. That's right. That's right. You know, and that and that raises a whole issue um, about you know what groups of people get to use violent acts of war against certain groups of people and we call that war Mm -hmm. and what actions are committed by people that we call terrorism yeah it's a serious question right Um, when the obama administration used drones on people in uh, afghanistan and iraq and it ended up being on to kill leaders of violent groups but also killed innocent people. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of us who were like, that feels more like a terrorist act than it does an act of war. Right. And I'm I, and I'm super uncomfortable with acts of war. I, th- I think we're I think we play a word game to allow ourselves to use violence and to name it something. But this is where it gets really iffy, right? Like war plans and a war apparatus can feel logical and rational and safe and protecting, but terrorism isn't. But if you're on the other mm-hmm. end of receiving of that, it feels an awful lot, it can feel an awful lot like terrorism. So yeah, these, these things, uh, anytime we talk about ideas being rational or not rational, uh, it, mm-hmm. it's hard because you have to take in the account of the person who's on the receiving end of whatever that rational act is. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. cause it doesn't feel totally rational to them when they're at a wedding party and all of a sudden their caravan blows up right. um, by a drone from the sky, you know? Right. Um, or people are at a music festival and they're invaded by paratroopers on uh, paragliders and shot gliders. Yeah. And yeah. babies are, babies are murdered and, and people yeah. are abused and raped, which is what we're describing. If anybody happens to be watching this later in, in time and is forgotten this was the Hamas attack on mm-hmm. the nation of Israel in October of 2023. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah no, it's it, for sure. And then, and then, what response is there to that? How do you destroy a an elected mm-hmm. government mm-hmm. in an in an adjacent country or an adjacent right. region, an adjacent area? Because right. um, it's not actually identified even as a country. Um, yeah. Palestine. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, these are <clears throat> these are difficult and complicated uh, and complicated questions. Um, yeah, which has been interesting. I mean, you know, may, maybe we start there, um, and then I've got a I've got a thing to show you that I like your reaction to, and think, and you have a thing for for me. Um, sure. Since we last talked, a number of things have happened, uh, specifically yeah. on our conversation about you know disagreeing about Trump. Um, mm-hmm. uh, people have. Uh, his lawyers have confessed to the crimes that they were accused of and have struck plea deals. His chief of staff, it's come out as an immunity deal with the federal government to not be prosecuted and to testify about the things that he knew went on around the claims of uh, the, the, uh, the election and the fake elector scheme and all that. So a whole bunch of stuff has happened just in that route. Um, yeah. Lawyers and, uh, and, and people who are very close to Donald Trump are, are now working with the government, um, which I think is going to have just serious, serious consequence on the liberties of uh, Donald J. Trump. Um, but then there's also the, uh, the attack on, um, on Israel uh, by the terrorists from, from Hamas. So 
where do you want to start? You want to talk about what one of those or other ones? Um, yeah, I mean, we'll talk enough about Trump later. Let's talk about the stuff going on in the Middle East because that's it's pretty pretty serious as a world event going on. How are you thinking about it in your world? The stuff you watch, the people you listen to, the way you're looking at it. How's this? How's this uh, feeling to you? Well, and what's what's showing up in your news feed? <laughs> right. Well, uh, I've always been a strong supporter of Israel. You can see my flag behind me there. And uh, uh, I think it's horrible what, what happened. Um, I don't know if, if uh, you're aware, you probably are, um, that the number of innocent Israelis that were killed, I think, is up upwards of 1,300, 1,400, uh, something like that. And if the per capita equivalent mm -hmm. of a terrorist attack on the United States, that would be like 50,000 people. Yeah. 50,000 people. Can you imagine if we had a terrorist attack and 50,000 Americans died on our own soil? Yeah. That, I mean, we thought it was bad when 3,000, nearly 3,000 died um, in 9-11, or maybe it was yeah. 3,000. Um, <clears throat> So it's it's horrific, and the you know the uh, the reports of of what actually happened um, that we've seen, and the brutality, the absolute unbelievable brutality. I can't even watch no. some of the videos that are out there. Um, it's just horrific. I mean, you put yourself in in the shoes of those people, and um, you know, it's just it's just terrible. So, um. Yeah, I, I think it's just awful. And I think that uh, I agree with President Biden that Israel has the uh, right to defend itself and to go after Hamas and destroy it because in their founding documents, their founding document says to kill Jews and destroy Israel, wipe Israel off the face of the map. So um, it's it's pretty pretty uh, horrific what's, what's going on there. And, and you know, Israel's you know, pretty much left them alone uh, for a long time, many, many years now. And knowing that, you know, there's people over there that want to kill, all they want to do is kill Jews. Um, but I will say that <clears throat> um, the thing that really appalls me uh, about the Biden administration is that they refuse to acknowledge uh, Iran's part in it. And Iran's fingerprints are all over it. So, that's got me a little upset, but uh, it, it makes me wonder what's what's going on behind the scenes there. Well, yeah, look, and and I I was very concerned uh, two weeks ago when this all happened that it was going to become evident and it would be proven that Iran was directing this. Mm -hmm. I I now I choose to believe what I'm hearing from the administration. You you may not, but the administration no. is saying. We do not believe that Iran knew this was happening or was behind these particular attacks. There's no doubt that Iran is supporting Hamas. That's not mm. in question. Right. But whether they approved of mm -hmm. then or now these murderous terrorist attacks, mm -hmm. the Biden administration is saying, we do not believe that's the case. Yeah. I, I and 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 Israel is saying we do not believe that's the case. 
everyone is saying, everyone is saying we do not believe this case. So um, you'll have to tell me that that report because I haven't seen that. Oh yeah, but I, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's why Iran. That that's why Israel is not attacking Iran. If 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 Israel believed this was Iran that did this, they would be targeting. They would be calling for the world to respond to Iran. It's from what is out and what people know. It's this is the this is the case. So yeah, no, look, and 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 there's there is no. The situation in the Middle East allows the situation where there are very few moments where a number of countries and organizations are not at fault of behaviors that violate not only human decency, but international law. Israel's behavior in Palestine and in the West Bank over the last 25 and 30 years has many times crossed the line. And have had many of incursion, incursions and attacks and all kinds of things. None of it warrants a terrorist attack. None of it at all. But we're, you're in a situation where there's decades long and centuries long uh, battles going on. And that's at the surface all the time. And no one country is going to ever, the United States or Qatar or Iran or... Saudi Arabia or Jordan or Egypt, no one's going to be like, hey, it's not on us. We're this all, you know, we, we did everything we needed to do. Everyone is in a situation where this is bad. Th this is violence, besetting violence, begetting violence over and over and over for centuries. And it, it's, it, it is, it is terrible and really mm -hmm. does need to be solved. I hope it'll be solved by a two-state solution. I hope it'll be solved by recognition of the Palestinian people in a state and that there's full protections for those people as, as a full state in the international uh, community. Um, that's gotta be something that gets us there. I thought Trump was maybe, the one thing I thought Trump could maybe pull off was a full two-state solution because he could get enough of the Iran worried and hating people in the United States to support it. and. You know, sometimes only Nixon could open China kind of thing, you know. Um, maybe Trump could do it. Didn't. Um, instead, inflamed things by moving the capital to to Jerusalem and did a whole bunch of other stuff. So he didn't didn't get the job done. I thought Biden would maybe be able to get it done. But now that looks like that's going to be on the back burner. There's very little chance of a two-state solution, even though the Palestinians as a whole don't want Hamas being a terrorist group and don't want them in power either because they— they rule it. So anyway, yeah, it's all a mess. It's it's mm -hmm. terrible and, a, and it's a terrible mess. And look, there, there, there's no red or blue. There's no Democrat or Republican, in my view, that's like, hey, our side's been right on this the whole time. Uh, I, I don't know if you feel similarly, but I think the blame for the United States doing many things in relationship to the people of Palestine and the nation of Israel are really in a terrible, terrible spot. Yeah. Well, um, I'm, I'm not so much for the two state solution. So I, I got to disagree a little bit there. But I will say this, that um, Israel is surrounded by enemies. Mm -hmm. Israel is surrounded by nations that hate them. And Iran has, you know, stated very clearly their leadership, and I'm not talking about their people, because their people are totally different. But their leadership have stated very clearly that they want to wipe 
Israel off the face of the map. And there's there's several other countries uh, surrounding them that feel the same way. And <clears throat> Iran has said, you know, United States is the great Satan and Israel is the little Satan. And, you know, that attack that we saw on October 7th was the greatest uh, extermination of Jews in one day, the single death of Jews in one day since the Holocaust. And people need to understand that. I mean, these people absolutely hate the Jewish people and they hate that the Jewish people have their own nation yes. and that they that they occupy that territory that they do, which was set up in 1948. Uh, and then the, the United Nations has come out against Israel. I mean, um, I was in Washington, D.C. Uh, for an event that was uh, in support of Israel. And <clears throat> there was a rabbi there, a little short guy. And sweetest guy he he uh performed some of the uh ceremonial duties uh <clears throat> of the event that i was at and i actually ran into him at the uh hotel lobby just off the cuff and uh, i saw him and i walked up to him and i i said this to him i said rabbi <clears throat> i want you to know that i'm a christian but i love you i love you and i support you as a Jew and I support your country. I support the nation of Israel and I want you to know that I'm here for you. I support you and I love you as, as a brother. And <clears throat> he said to me, he's a little short guy, a little tiny short guy. He says, he almost got, got teared up and he says, thank you. Thank you. We have very few friends in the world. Mm -hmm. And it's true. Yeah. Yeah. No, look, yeah, it's, 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 un, 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 uh, it's inarguable. The nation of and I don't know, is in a and you know, very I, difficult I, I don't situation. It. I don't fully understand it. I understand it to some degree, and maybe you understand it better than I do. But I'm trying to understand why is it that throughout the ages, throughout the ages, the Jewish people have been hated and persecuted. And, you know, I, I it's just uncanny. Why them? Yeah. Why? Why? Why not the white Europeans? Why not the? I don't know. Why not the um, Australians? Why not? It, I mean, right. I, I don't know why. They, there's why there's them. unique hostility in in human history toward mm. uh, the Jews. Mm -hmm. And you know what's interesting? I, I and, and in the 20th and 21st century, and across yeah. the board, like there's people on the left and the right who are anti-Semitic, like in their daily practices, in their daily yeah. functions. And there's yeah. some who are politically engaged and they understand statehood to mean a particular thing. And they can do the nuance of yeah. when the United States and England decides after World War II how to divide up the Middle East, which includes not only Israel, but also includes Iran and Kuwait and just going in and dividing up land and telling people where now a nation is and imposing that on them. There's a lot of people who are still mad about that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you understand that we've talked about that before. There's people in the United States still mad about, you know, the advent of social security for crying out loud and the overreach of the federal government. Can you imagine if the United States and England just came into our, some 
or if two other countries came into our area and just said, this land now belongs to these people and we're going to support them as a nation, even though you don't think it's, you think this land is uh, somebody else's uh, or share there. Th this is part of what some people can nuance and some people can't. And some people right. hate Jews and some people love the nation of Israel, but not Jewish people. Some people love Jewish people, but not the nation of Israel. It's a complex, complicated mm -hmm. mess. And anyone who wants to apply a simple rubric to this, good guys, mm -hmm. bad guys, that's all it is. They're just not taking, in my view, they're just not taking the actual conditions that people are living in uh, in, a ser in a serious enough way. And I would put that on the leadership of Palestine, I'd put that on the leadership of the United States, on the leadership of Israel and Jordan and Turkey and, and uh, Egypt and across the region. It's a mess. This is an intractable mess. Mm -hmm. And what we can't have is murderous actions by terrorist mm -hmm. groups or nations. We, mm -hmm. it, it just begets more violence. And uh, so, so are you, I just want to add, uh, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just curious if, if you're, so you're not in the, the squad's camp of, of, uh, you know, pro-terrorism and pro-Hamas and pro-ceasefire. No one, no one in the squad is pro-Hamas. Well, not based on, based on what I've heard them say. <laughs> they're pro-Palestinian. <laughs> Pro-Palestinian. They're pro-Palestinian. They're not, they're not pro-Hamas. Really? Hmm. Yeah. I'll have to find some, some clips for you. Sure. Yeah. I mean, feel free sure. or just ask them. You, look, you, you don't have to dig around. I mean, this is the funniest thing. Like you don't have to dig around, ask people. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not like somewhere, somewhere I'm going to get to the inside story and what your real motivations are. Just set all the, the, you know, the truth is out there theory aside and just listen to what people say. They're not yeah. pro very Semitic. Listen to what they're saying. It's very anti-Israel, anti pro-Semitic, anti-Semitic. Sorry. Look, you being pro-Israel <laughs> does not make you anti-Palestinian, does it? No. Then why is someone who's pro-Palestinian anti-Israel? Because they can't, they can't even admit okay. that terrorist acts were, were done, horrific, violent terrorist acts were done by Hamas to Israeli Israelis. Even I, don't, I don't know who you're referring to, but the, when you say the squad, I think you're referring to particular elected Congress people, and yes. they all acknowledge that it was terrorist acts that were horrible, and the solution needs to be brought so this never happens again. There's no equivocation on that. What's the gal's name up in your neck of the woods? Her name is the Honorable Representative Ilhan Omar. That's okay. her name. She's not Omar. the gal from my neck of the woods. <laughs> the gal that married her brother. She's yeah, like, yeah. Uh, she's like, uh, you know, the honorable Jim jacketless Jordan. Uh, yeah. Uh, or the we, honorable president Trump. Yeah. Yeah. The honorable Donald J. Trump. Yeah. Criminal. Yes. Defendant, very honorable. Cr criminal. Very, defendant. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah. That's that, that, that's who that is. I right. haven't seen her. Well, hold on. Let me, let me just say one more thing. Yeah. And then I want to ask you something about the two state solution. Yeah. Oh, sure. I have not heard any of them denounce what Hamas did. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I got to tell you, Casey, my guess is, buddy, my, and, and I know, you know, my friend Mike listens to this, says, Doug, I think you're getting testy when you say buddy. 
I'm not sure you're paying. I'm not sure you're paying attention to that gal from my neck of the woods and what she's saying. So, oh, I, look, I've before, seen her. Okay, but before you like, hey, I, I, I haven't heard it. I would just say, spend a little time, see what they're saying. Send and me the look, clip. The, Send me the clip. I'm glad to. Glad to. Her but, denouncing but, the terrorism by Hamas. I'd love to see it. Great, no problem. All right. Hey, uh, let's talk. Uh, do you want to talk about this speaker uh, fiasco going on at all inside your? Uh, I shouldn't even accuse you of being a Republican. Really I don't even know if you're a Republican. If currently. you if you want to talk about it, no, I'll, I don't. I'll, I just didn't know if it was a if it was a thing for you. Um, I'm frustrated. I'll just say this: I'm frustrated. I think it's terrible. Um, I, I generally uh, like and agree with Matt Gates, but I, I don't think what he did was very good. And um, I don't think it was smart. I don't think it was right at the time. And it's turned into a total disaster. And I'm very sad to see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's kind of kind of gets back to what I said in another uh, podcast with you is that, you know, the, the thing that's sad about the Republicans is that they are nothing like the Democrats. <laughs> uh, maybe that's a good thing. But um, but the, the way that they're nothing like them in a bad way is that they cannot seem to unify their party. And the Democrats are very good at that. So it's it's sad to see what's going on. And we really need a speaker. We need a speaker mm -hmm. ASAP. We cannot keep going like this. So I implore you, if you're uh, somebody that can do something about this oh, I'm in not, Congress. I'm not. I, I really thought old Tom was... Tom Emery was a congressman from just up the road from where I live here in Minnesota, had a great chance. And then Donald Trump, quote, killed him, what quotes, what Trump said, because he's a rhino and not a real Republican and a globalist. And oh, he probably is. He's. he's what a, would you say? You know him better. He was You're he up. was third. He was third in line of leadership under McCarthy as a Republican. If that's your idea of a rhino globalist. And this is the heart of it all. Donald Trump it's has recast the Republican Party into something in which, and the reason he said that is because Tom Emmer voted to certify the Electoral College votes. That's why he's a rhino, for no yeah. other reason. Donald Trump made this about Donald Trump, which is what brings all of this every time back to Trump. It's not about being well, Republican. Well, it's not about being okay. conservative. It's about being a Trumpist. No. Anyways, okay. 100%. Well, I, I think All that right. covers it. I think we need to we need to get a speaker because we've got yeah. terrible problems in our own country and around the world. I mean, we I we're literally we're, we're literally the probably the closest to World War III that we've been in your lifetime and mine. Hey, hey, let me ask you this: Would you? Uh, this is just a thought experiment, right? So feel free. Yeah. You don't think I don't want to be able to? Wouldn't it yeah. have been better if Democrats had controlled the House and we had a speaker? than to have Republicans control the House and we don't have a speaker? Which would be worse? Uh, they're both equally as bad. You don't make okay. me That's, right. That's like the would you rather games. Yeah, true. totally. It's one of the would, would you rather. rather. Uh, would you rather be eaten by a shark or would you rather be thrown in a pool with uh, a million piranhas? Which oh, one would you I, rather? I thought it's would you rather have a functioning government or would you rather have the Republicans be in charge of the House? That's what I thought. No. All right. Uh, okay. Well, here's one of the things I want to get your response to, uh, Casey. Um, and I know you didn't have a whole lot of time to, to look at this, but I was really shocked this week when I was reminded mm -hmm. that in 2012, 
11 years ago after Mitt Romney conceded the election that he lost to Barack Obama, that Donald Trump took to what was then called Twitter and is now called X and made a series of statements over the course of the day on election day, 2012, and the next day, uh, November 7th, that when I saw them again, because I'd totally forgotten about this, people hadn't brought it up since 2016, the things that Trump is saying about the 2020 election were the very, many of the very same things he said about the 2012 election. So I want to show you a couple of those and talk about them. And here's why I think it's important, because at the crux of Trumpism right now is the, the question, did Donald Trump fundamentally believe that the election in 2020 was uniquely stolen? And that's what he's using as a defense in three of his trials and two of his trials. That's what he's using to raise millions and millions of dollars. And yet in 2012, the things that he was saying are almost word for word. So I just want to show you these again. I know we, we, we looked at them a little bit ago, but, but here they are. Okay. So <clears throat> this is Trump at 1.03 PM the day after the election. We have to make America great again. It's interesting mm -hmm. to see that he was working that workshopping, that, that notion. Uh, at 10.45 p.m., just after Mitt Romney had conceded the election to Barack Obama, who was the duly elected and reelected president, Trump writes, the Electoral College is a, is a disaster for democracy. 10.43, our nation is once again greatly divided. Or great, or once again, our, our great nation. Our nation is once again great nation divided. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I, I try to fill in the blank so Donald Trump looks like somebody who should make sense, but the words he wrote were, our nation is is a once great nation divided. Our nation is a once great nation divided. Oh, At least he can put friends together. Joe Biden can't even do that, so. Uh, our country is now in serious and unprecedented trouble like never before. Here we go. Mm -hmm. The election is a total sham and travesty. We are not a democracy. Let's fight like hell and stop this great and disgusting injustice. The world is laughing at us. That was at 1030. He's really on a, on a riff here. He's got 15 minutes of riffing going on 1029, a minute before that. We can't let this happen. We should march on Washington and stop this travesty. Our nation is totally divided. If you experience harassment or heckling at the polling places from Obama supporters, make sure you report it immediately. At 157, while the election's going on, a private citizen and failed casino owner Donald Trump has every right to say anything he wants, but he writes, make sure to verify the voting machine does not switch your vote. If you have any problems, notify the poll workers. Mm -hmm. 156. More reports of voting machines switching Romney votes to Obama. Pay close attention to the machines. Don't let your vote be stolen. Now, now look, th this is the stuff that's just apparently just wash, rinse, and repeat, just copy, paste, and send from Donald Trump. It's clear to me that he is not particularly bothered by anything that happened in 2020. This was not about voting during a pandemic. This was not about Venezuela. This was not about the uniqueness of the Biden administration going after Trump and everyone wants to stop Trump. So the whole system conspired 
to uh, for a giant fraud to keep Donald Trump from being reelected. These were the same accusations the guy made in 2012 about Mitt Romney and Barack Obama. So can we just agree that Donald <laughs> Trump's arguments are not about the specifics of what he is seeing, learning? He's not getting private briefings like so many Trump supporters say. Like He said those things because he had insider knowledge and he knew what was going on. Clearly not. So anyway, that's that's my take. Uh, uh, what's your take on it? Yeah. Well, first of all, I think that, uh, you know, all of this is a distraction. All of this is a distraction. I'm sure you saw it on CNN and it, it made you want to talk about this. But, um, you know, we, we're we're in serious trouble here. Our nation is in serious decline. Our world is on fire. I mean, let's let's talk about um, the difference between uh, Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Okay, uh, Donald Trump, no wars. Joe Biden, two major wars. Europe is at war. The Middle East is at war under his watch. I mean, and here we are squabbling over, in my opinion, very minor, stupid things when the whole world is in trouble and we've got to we've got to solve some serious problems here in our world and in our nation so <clears throat> that's my take on it you think that donald trump saying democracy is over elections in the united states are fraudulent voting machines are changing hillary votes you think Sorry. hillary clinton claimed that donald trump stole the election with the russians send me the clip uh you okay. think that squab you think that's you think that is squabbling over nothing. Yep. I mean, I, I think that Donald Trump sees and saw some anomalies and some issues and some problems with the elections and the voting. And I still think there are some issues and problems that need to be fixed. Um, and I don't think he would just say that. I, I disagree with you. I think he was getting reports. I think someone was telling him in 2012, things. in 2012, you think someone was telling Trump sure. things, sure. Yeah. A non, a non-elected person. You think he was receiving minute by minute details on election I day. I don't know about Donald minute by Trump. minute. You think Donald Trump on election day was receiving information about wrongdoing and that Mitt Romney's election was also fraudulent and votes were switched from Obama to Romney? It's quite possible. I don't know. Yes, you do know, Casey. Yes, you do, buddy. You would not say this if Donald Trump was not out saying this. Look, if anyone else, if Jim Jordan, if I, I, I don't know, if if Comer, if if anybody was saying this, you would be saying, no, Doug, I don't think that happened. Of course not. But as soon as Donald Trump says it, no. Casey, who's no, a very reasonable person, says like, well, I don't know, maybe. Come on, you know it. In 2012, Barack Obama won that election, and Donald Trump didn't know anything about. He had no insider information in 2012. What Republican was giving Donald that? Trump? You're making a lot of assumptions about information yes, I, that. Yes, Trump I am. Yes, of course I am, because he said the very same thing in 2020. And look, maybe if, if that ends, then. Okay. I don't know. Look, but look, if, 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 
<laughs> no, these are not possibilities. That's just not an honest oh. response. Oh. Look, oh. if if Donald Trump knew or believed or had inside information that he had received on November 6, 2012, that Barack Obama was illegitimately elected. That's not what he's, he's saying. That's not what he's saying. I didn't hear him say that. He's questioning things. He's saying if you're going to be her if you're being harassed at the polls, report it to the polling officers. Yeah. That's that's fair. Uh if you know, make America great again. He's he's been saying that almost every time he's What is public. the what is the great and disgusting injustice that you think he had insider information about that he said at 10:30 p.m., let's fight like hell and stop this great and disgusting injustice. I don't know. When he says the electoral college is a sham and a travesty, we're not a democracy. Look, I, I, again, I if, if you want to try to make an, an, okay, let me just say this. If Donald Trump, and I know this drives you crazy when I do it. So, uh, uh, just, just, you know, um, just a, uh, uh, a little, a little empathy, a little empathy for your friend. I have no idea what that thumbs up is on there. I don't know where that just came from. Honestly, I have no idea. My hands are free. Uh, I don't know what that is. Um, I know it drives you crazy when I do this, but I'm going to just do it one more time. So just let this right. be a thing your friend does. It makes you crazy. All right. If Donald Trump believed from November 6th, 2012, that our democracy is a sham, votes were switched, and he spent four years as the president of the United States and didn't do anything about it, that's one of the great derelictions of duty of a president. You cannot make an argument in 2012 that Barack Obama was illegitimately elected and you knew something. You had insider information. And then as the chief law enforcement officer of the United States of America as the president, you did nothing about it. That is, this is why I'm saying to you, a reasonable person, in my view, would say Donald Trump didn't have any insider knowledge. Donald Trump didn't have any facts about this at all. I don't know this what, is I rhetoric. Don't know. This is simply rhetoric, not based on information. That's going to be my take because he's running the same scam eight years later, almost word for word. Like a real scammer here. Who what's 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 Biden doing to get our hostages back? That's what I want to know. He doesn't even seem that worried about it. That's what that's what aggravates right. me. But as far as what you're saying, I don't know what information he had. I don't fully understand why he said some of those things that he said. I I can't defend everything Donald Trump says, just like you can't defend everything Joe Biden says. And uh, I don't know. I just don't know. I just know that there there's some qu real questions about uh, election integrity that we need to figure out in this country. Do you think any voting machines switched votes? I don't know, but I think there have been some reports and we need to get to the bottom of it. I mean, the question I have for you is if there's reports of that or questions about that, don't you think we need to get to the bottom of it? Yeah, we did. We did entire analysis across the board in every single state and at the federal level. And it was found never. It never happened. There were some people who voted more than once, and the majority of the people who were arrested for that voted twice for Donald Trump. But yes, those things do happen. But no, voting machines are not switching votes. 
no, there is not mass fraud happening in our elections. We look into this at the state level and the federal level all the time. So to say something like, well, somebody should look into it, of course they should, and they do, and there's not anything there. And then to bring it up again eight years later, and then to bring it up again this week and say that in 2024, if I don't win, it's because the elections were rigged again. It's like, come on, man, this is just the shtick. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. I guess we're not going to agree that Donald Trump's just running material and not actually looking at facts and responding to actual facts. So, okay. Fair, fair enough. But you have a piece for me that you wanted to, uh, that you wanted to show. Yeah. 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 So go ahead. Well, uh, I guess I can set it up. Um, it's, I think it's from his, uh, most recent New Hampshire speech. Um, and I know you love to, to pull out, uh, nuggets from, from, uh, Trump's speeches. I so it. I figured I would I figured I would do that. And I know this is your favorite guy to talk about. And as I've said many times before, um, I think I, I think you're more obsessed with Trump than I am. But I, uh, I feel that he's a threat to the well-being of the planet and everyone who lives right, there should never right. have the opportunity to be the president oh, of the United just, States again. The minute it, he's not uh, wanting love, to be pre- president, I'm I'm done with him. Yeah. It's a love affair. I get it. Yeah, he doesn't <laughs> look look, the man does live rent-free in my head. Uh, you know, just, yeah. just, just like he lives, lives rent free at the places where he never, never paid the, the workers. All right. Uh, here we go. So this is, uh, this is Donald J. Trump, uh, this week. Will not enforce sanctions against Iran. Then you do not stand with Israel. It's that simple. It's by the time I left, they had nothing. They were broke. They were broke. The Iranian regime could barely afford to turn out the lights. The minute I'm back in the White House, not only will I impose the most crippling sanctions in history, we will also unleash the most powerful economic weapon. We will drill, baby, drill. That's right. Okay. Okay, and then I think there's another one, but um, yeah, this one, this one I think is important because um, for me, what it says is that um, Donald Trump took our enemies seriously, uh, and in particular, Iran. And I just cannot understand why in the world we would pay a $6 billion ransom for hostages. And before that, he actually, Joe Biden actually unlocked $10 billion to the Iranians. And before that, he stopped enforcing sanctions on Iranian oil, which is the equivalent of about $80 billion. So, um, you know, I, I just don't understand why people like Joe Biden and people on the left love the impeachment strategy. Okay, if we if we play nice with Iran, if we give them money, then they'll be nice to us and they won't develop nuclear weapons. And if they do, then they won't use their nuclear weapons to kill uh, innocent people like the Jews that they've already said they want to wipe off the map, the face of the earth. Um, at least for all of uh, you know Trump's um, failings and, and weaknesses, um, he was tough on Iran. And he said, look, we're not going to play this game. And if you're gonna if you're gonna be the number one state sponsor of terror, which they are, then we're gonna sanction your oil and we're gonna not give you billions of dollars. And I don't to this day I don't understand why why we have not 
refrozen the six billion dollars that we unfroze for Iran. That six billion dollars. You know that Donald Trump's the one who released that six billion dollars, right? Yeah. How, Donald, how Trump, that Donald Trump released that six billion dollars, and the Biden administration was holding its disbursement. It was Trump who allowed Iran to trade oil and the money to go into a third-party bank account. That's where the money came from. Trump did that. It was Trump's. You can look it up, buddy. It's not, this is not debatable. This is not, this is just the information. This was things that happened in 2018 and 2019. That's where the money came from. It was Trump who did it. It was Trump who allowed Korea. Why did Biden freeze it then? Why did he release it? Look, the number of reasons why Trump decided to release $6 billion of, uh, and allow Iran to sell $6 billion in oil and the reason that Biden uh, allowed that money then to be dispersed for humanitarian purposes all has to do with sophisticated negotiations between nations. Look, I, I, I think we need to behave with Iran in ways different than we are because the clear answer is after four years of Trump, whatever he did didn't work. Iran is clearly not weaker. After two years of Biden, it clearly didn't work. After four years of Obama, after eight years of Obama and eight years of Bush, it clearly didn't work. Whatever we've been doing with Iran by events of this last month can tell you Iran is not weakened. So why why didn't they do that? Wait, wait, wait. Why didn't they do this when Trump was in office? The, the timing of the release of that money had, had its own timing. By the time Trump got out of office, that was when the money then could be dispersed. Like this is just part of the international deal because it involves Saudi Arabia and Qatar as well. And that money was negotiated by Trump to allow Iran to sell its oil. So if you want, look, it, and we can critique all the administrations about Iran all we want. But what you can't do is say that Trump was somehow really hard on Iran and he wouldn't have given them $6 billion. Exactly what he did is to allow them to sell their oil for that $6 billion. And it was put in a well, let, me ask this question, let me ask you this question. Why, if it, if it was given to Iran under Trump, why did Biden need to unfreeze it? it well, here's how it works. It was sold, the, the, the oil that, that Iran had, they sold to yeah. other nations. The money yeah. that those nations paid for the oil went into a third-party bank account, a third-country bank account. That's where it's being held. And then the okay. administrations, both Trump administration and Biden administration, through our sanctions, had to make a decision whether that money could be utilized for humanitarian work because that was the deal that Trump created as to why they could sell oil so that the humanitarian uh, purposes could be fulfilled of the money. They couldn't get confident, the Trump administration, at that point. And by the time Biden was in office, the, those negotiations don't start and stop. They're continuing. And then they said, OK, if we can get these hostages home and that oil that you sold, you can now access this humanitarian dollars. That is mm -hmm. what nations do. This is what happens. And Trump set the deal and Biden moved the money. But okay. The, so the I, thing you don't get to do is stand as Donald Trump on a stage and be like, I had them all dead broke. No, mm -hmm. you didn't. And this bravado of him 
And I know this drives you crazy, but if he didn't pull it off after four years and decimate Iran, he's just like, just give me four more years. I just need one more shot. Like how many times are the American people going to be like, this guy didn't do any of the things he promised in 2015. And now we're supposed to believe him in 2024. It's just madness to me that you that he's going to pull off any of these things that he literally had a chance to do and didn't do. So it's just, I mean, it's so many levels of like, honestly, this guy. All right. So, so that's my response to the particularities of the Iran deal and, and the sophistication that's going into how sanctions work. Look, sanctions are not meant to destroy a country. Sanctions are meant to change behavior. Right. Clearly Trump sanctions didn't change behavior because if they did, they would have stopped supporting Hamas and Hamas would not have had what they needed. According to your supporting Hamas, then we have to point of sanctions. We have to prevent their ability to do so, which means cutting off their money supply. Well, they clearly didn't because, you know, that $6 billion, none of that money has gone to Iran. None of the money's out of the bank account. Before that, it's all still in the bank account. Supposedly, according to Blinken. Yeah. But what about the $10 billion? (laughs) So you believe part of the story. You believe they released the money, but you don't believe like. Okay. Again, this idea that like people lie about about things that are provable, they don't lie about provable. Th- well, shouldn't say that. Of course they do. Uh, yeah. Some lawyers of Donald Trump lied about things and then confessed their crimes this week. But most people in in government work don't lie about provable things. If the money was moved, it's provable. Right. Yeah. But it but it it comes back to. Um, the idea that money is fungible. So if you know that you're going to get an extra $10,000 next month and that it's kind of on its way, you'll probably handle the money you have right now a little bit differently, knowing that you've got this $10,000 coming next month that you didn't kind of expect. So uh, that's kind of how I see this. And, you know, if I ran, hold on. If Iran knows that they're going to get $6 billion at some point in the future soon, then they're going to reallocate money now mm-hmm. to fund their proxy wars and terrorism against Israel. And that's what they're doing. And that's yeah, what they've yeah. done. Great, and It's a great argument. So then the question you ask is, why then did Trump release the $6 billion of oil revenue? I did Biden release the money. No, Trump, Trump made the deal. If So the, based on the fungible idea, we know the money's yeah. coming, so we're going to behave. Because yeah. Biden had to unfreeze it. So yeah. under Trump, it was frozen. It was unavailable to them. But the fungible nature of it was they sold. If you take the fungible argument. Yeah. Okay. Then the argument is we have $6 billion coming. But if not if it's frozen. It was, it was yeah. frozen. Biden unfroze it. Still, no, it's still not. Look, some term like frozen and unfrozen, these are euphemisms, yeah. right? The money is not out of the bank account. The money is not out of the bank account under Biden anymore than it was an un, out of the bank account under Trump. So if you're saying, well, they knew the money was coming under Biden, so then they could act in a proxy war, but they didn't know it was coming under Trump who made the deal, so they didn't act the proxy war. If you're going to apply the proxy war funding by fungible dollar theory, which I get it, I've, I listen to right-wing news, I know this is what they say, then you have to apply that. You, you can't then just apply that to what Biden did. 
it just well, doesn't make sense. So on the Iran deal, come on. It's just both administrations participated in selling of oil for humanitarian purposes. Well, let me put it. I'm glad they both did. Glad Biden did it. Glad Trump did it. That's what they should do. The the Iranian people should not be suffering under the decisions of the government. And if we could move money that's been sold from oil revenues to help people in humanitarian causes. And then if you want to say, but then money's fungible. So now the country doesn't have to spend the money on humanitarian causes. So they have more money for something else then pox on both of the administrations. But I don't think it's fair to say it's on one and not the other. And certainly not if you're Donald Trump with a straight face standing up in New Hampshire saying they were broke, but I had $6 billion coming their way. But the guy does know a few things about being broke. So that's, that's actually, a, it's actually a thing that he's, is well, multiple, this. multiple bankruptcies I, and uh, how it's going Biden now. Knows about, Biden knows a few things about uh, being uh, rich. Money his, uh, yeah. Getting to buy his each house for $3 million cash. See, this is the interesting thing. You guys all used to say, well, that just shows that he's Trump is smart because he was successful. And then Biden is successful. And you're like, well, that just shows he's criminal. I mean, come on, man. That's my, no, that, that, that's my no, Biden. No, come on, man. No, 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 Let's, oh, all right. I mean, all right. little, where did Biden get $3 million? That's what I want to know. I mean, at least we know Trump's a businessman. This mm-hmm. was lunch, mm-hmm. lunch, Joe, he bragged about being the poorest man in Congress many times. I'm the poor, I have the dubious distinction of being the poorest man in Congress. And then all of a sudden he pays $3 million for his beach house. Where did the money come from? Wrote a book. He's, he's, he's a lifetime uh, public servant. He wrote a book. And he, he wrote a book. Oh, really? Where did, you think where he, did all Barack, where did, where did all Barack Obama's hundred million dollars come? Many, he sold that many books? Where? Where does it? Yeah, do you know anybody that's read Joe Biden's book? What's the name of Joe Biden's book? What's the name of it? Come on, man. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know the name of Joe Biden's book. No, look, look, there's there's all kinds. Look, if, if your problem, if if look, no, no, Casey, no, no. I get it. You you want to make accusations that somehow there's a crime syndicate of Joe Biden? He's both. I just can't speak he, a, he can't speak a straight sentence. He's and he's he incoherent, and he's the head of a crime crime family. And Fair enough. Nobody I, likes I to, you. so I don't think he made his money on speeches and nobody knows what his book is called. So I don't know where he sold $3 million worth of books. Yeah. And that's the, okay. Of, of, of all the from? things you're really worried of all the things you're really worried about the mortgage payment on a beach house. Mortgage payment. No, he paid $3 million cash that's, for his house. He didn't have a mortgage. That's the point. That's the thing you're, um, that's the thing corruption that's got you of, Corruption of the sitting U.S. president of all the things I'm worried about. That's definitely one of them. Yes. Okay. Do, so, and now, now, in all, in all, in all fairness, do you think Donald Trump was corrupt in a way that you think you know, Joe Biden is corrupt? <clears throat> What's that, Casey? I have no idea where Joe Biden gets his money. I don't care. <laughs> but I don't the, care. And, and if be- there was something illegal. They, that is yep. looked into. He files his taxes all the time. They look at his bank records. They can do all this stuff. They can figure it all out. And as soon as there's some Ill, uh, illegality, as soon as, as soon as there's illegality, I, I can't wait to talk to you about it because I will say if he's a criminal, he should go to jail. Uh, okay. well, I, can't, I don't think he should as a president. But you think yeah. he's corrupt. Fair enough. I hear you. Gotcha. Do you think Donald Trump was corrupt? No. Okay. Fair enough. Do you think you do you go. think the charges against him are fraudulent? Yes. Okay. Do you think the charges that will be brought against Joe Biden will be fraudulent? 
if there's any brat, I don't know if the, if there's any brat at some point down in the line in the future, mm-hmm. uh, I think they'll probably have some pretty serious evidence for them. So if there's and evidence, that, then then that evidence is forthright. That okay. that evidence is forthcoming. And what if, what if already what if Biden's financial planner, what if Biden's financial uh, uh, person goes to jail for the activities that he performed while he was Joe Biden's financial manager? Would that be the kind of thing that would catch your attention? <laughs> what if his lawyer? What if his lawyer went to jail for crimes of dealing with Joe Biden's money? Would that catch your attention? What if the lawyers working for Joe Biden confess their crimes in Georgia and make plea deals? Would that catch your attention? I'm guessing it won't. I'm just guessing it won't because none of that seems to it. And look, I, I, I have the privilege in this conversation of saying I will believe the charges when they are brought. Because they're not brought here. So I I, I I may backpedal. Oh, you know they're not coming. Yeah, That's, I know they're that. not coming because they're not there. You know they're not coming. <laughs> because again, you know. after four years of the Trump administration investigating Biden uh, and after two years of the the House of Representatives digging into it, we should be there by now. But again, maybe the laptop. Maybe the laptop's the secret to it all. If if it was if it was Don Jr.'s laptop, you guys would be all I couldn't over care it. less. If it was Don yeah. Jr.'s laptop. I'm sure, look, I'm sure Don Jr.'s laptop is full of things that I would find to be equally as despicable as uh, Hunter Biden's laptop. I don't care. Okay, but if about yeah, is the behavior. Oh, okay. Let me ask you this question. Yeah. If, uh, some, if Don Jr. left his laptop at a repair shop for like a year and it was, and, you know, it was ex- the term of, of service was expired. He never came back and picked it up, which in the contract says it becomes the property of the of the owner, the store owner, the repair shop owner. Um, and there was evidence on that laptop that he and his father uh, committed crimes. Would you care? Yeah. Oh, okay. So in that case, because you would care. No, but but hear the difference. Oh. oh. If there's evidence that which there is, Joe Biden committed crimes. Yeah. Show and me the, the evidence. And if show this, me the indictment. Show, show yeah. me anything. This is the yeah. difference, Casey. You continue to say this, that there's evidence. We just don't see it yet. Someone sees it because no, it doesn't exist You just don't want to look at it. You just don't look at it. You just don't bother to look at it. You don't want to see it. The difference, and because, what? because 52 spies signed off on it saying it's Russian disinformation, which they lied about to cover it up right before the election, you're saying there's nothing there. Yeah. Nothing to see. Yeah. Look, if there's crimes, if there's crimes, look, if, if you're going to bring up Russian spies behavior influencing an election, that's a little rich. Right. Oh, <laughs> you know, what you sound oh, like, right. Look, oh. um, if there's if there's evidence on any computer anywhere. Yeah. Oh, so that, evidence matter on a computer. Then. OK. That's no, good. if there's. Yeah. No, that's what I'm trying to say. Oh, if there's evidence Hillary, on private server. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. If there's evidence on any computer of a person committing a crime who is an elected official or running for office, Uh I care. Yes, I care. Of course. So you show and, you know, we we can go back over a year's worth of text where I'm saying to you, show me the evidence from the laptop. I would love to see it. I still wait. In fact, we have congressional hearings about this and there is still 
no evidence. So I'm when it comes, let's revisit okay. it. But oh, until what? it comes, but until it comes, let's deal with the actual evidence against the other person running for president, because that is something we can actually deal with. The statement there is evidence of a crime, but we just don't know what it is. The oh, no, we know what it is. We know what Hillary's crimes are. I mean, that's very obvious. We know the exact. Was it Gordon Vince Foster? Is it Vince Foster? <laughs> The exact statutes that she violated are very clear. And how come Trump very, didn't? How come Trump's Justice Department didn't prosecute her? Trump wasn't up to Trump like it, like you think it's why, up to why Biden. Did his, why did his, his attorneys general Miami. not prosecute Hillary Clinton for the crimes that are so evident? Why did Jim Comey exonerate her? Because there know. were no crimes. Like, no, like your because, choices are, are either there aren't crimes, and that's why, or they're all corrupt. Not all. All Not the decision all, makers. The right people in the right. Yeah, the decision makers. Yeah, either the decision makers said there's no crime or the decision makers are corrupt. And yeah. Your, and your answer yeah. is. Romy is definitely corrupt. Decision makers are corrupt. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, Jim, Jim, I keep saying Chromie. Chromie, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, and, and Jeff Sessions and Bill yeah. Barr, they're all in there. Right? They have to oh, be. Come, come on. They were barely even in their job. For Bill Barr long. was barely in his job. Bill Barr was in his job for two and a half years. Jeff yeah. Sessions was, was in his job for nearly a year. Plenty of time. They brought lots yeah. of charges. In fact, you know who they charged during that time? Paul cool. Manafort, <laughs> Michael Cohen, oh. and Roger Stone. They charged people with crimes. They did not charge Hillary Clinton with crimes. And yet yeah. you continue to say there were crimes committed. This just makes it, frankly, oh, hard oh, to uh, take I seriously just, the argument that there's crimes on this other laptop that are also anybody dispute, I don't think anybody besides you disputes that if, if you have a private server in your home for the sole purpose of of hiding emails that are state department emails that are classified that that violate that knowing that violated certain statutes Apparently i can read the only person the only people include bill barr and jeff sessions and comey people and unfortunately and ray, and ray. yeah look yeah. a whole set of people who all said nothing to charge here so fair enough yeah. all right hey yeah. you ready for some songs because our friends don't know that we also get to sing together. You ready? Are we, are we all done? Is that, is that, uh, is that tense enough for the people who are like, Oh my gosh, I can't listen to people argue. Um, uh, we are, uh, we are loving each other and having it up and look, you don't have to agree with it with, with each other about stuff, even if it really, really matters. All right. So Casey's got the first song. Casey, what's your, uh, what's your little number you're doing? All right. This is another, uh, Neil Diamond song. I'm, I'm, uh, really big into Neil Diamond right now for some reason. I'm not sure why, but um, so I'm just going to play you a little, little ditty by Neil Diamond. So let me, let me uh, see if I can get this here. It's really tough when you haven't warmed up. Ladies you know? and gentlemen, Casey Franklin bringing us a little Neil Diamond. Yeah, man. Yeah. Whoops. Let me try again. <laughs> Ah, uh, crackling Rosie, get on board. We're 
Great. <laughs> through okay. You sounded great. You you have a uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. You have a fabulous uh, like uh, Neil Diamond style voice. It's oh, just thank great. Thank it's just so great. All right, uh, this one I'm going to do uh, comes from uh, the movie A Star Is Born. Um, but man, now oh, I've got it. now I've got uh, that song stuck in my head, and I got to I got to switch, switch <laughs> tunes. I know. Don't awfully, you hate that? That's awfully addicting. Yeah. Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. Hang on, I gotta switch switch cameras. What am I doing? <clears throat> Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. It takes a lot to change. I I, I gotta get this song in my head. Dang it. Uh, I can't get the hang on. Hey, give, give me a second. Totally understand uh, how that goes. Yeah. Totally. Hang on. I, I literally have to play it and listen here. Oh, it's the worst. It's the worst. That's what I it's sound like. I'm the same thing, man. There you go. There you go. Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. Oh, I messed it up for you. <laughs> You're good, man. You're good. The old ways die. Takes a lot to change a man, hell, a lot to even try. Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. Nobody knows what waits for the day. Nobody knows what waits for the day. Some folks just believe. Things they've heard and said, nobody knows what waits for the day. But I'm glad I can't go back to where I came from. I'm glad those days are gone, gone for good. But if I could take the spirits from my past and bring them here, you know I would. Nobody speaks to God these days. Nobody speaks to God these days. I'd like to think he's looking down and laughing at a ways. 
Everybody speaks to God these days. When I was a child, they tried to fool me. Said the world and man was lost and that hell was real. But I've seen hell in Reno and this world's one big old Catherine wheel. Spinning still. Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. It takes a lot to change your plans, hell a train to change your mind. Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. Oh, maybe it's time to let the old ways die. Nice, dude. Love it, man. Yeah, that's it's awesome. Hard, it's, it's hard when you're singing, you know. Yeah. Even you know, even. Oh, know, that's why I always. That's why I always go first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then you know, I don't know. You kind of, you know, even though you might know a song or whatever, you kind of get a little ahead of yourself, and then you look back at the wrong place. Yeah. And you just, I know the song. Yeah. I know all the lyrics. I know the words, but yeah. sometimes I get nervous. Hey, you know what I love about this, Casey? That we do this. Uh, yeah. First of all, yeah. it's just good to share share music uh, after you know yeah. a robust uh, yeah. discussion about about things. Um, yeah both of us doing something that we love but yeah. aren't always able to perform it at the level we want like yeah i don't know that's like life that's how it is and that's yeah. how it is in a discussion or a conversation like you and i will probably go back and like play those songs later and be like oh i should have played it like that and then yeah. we'll think back and think oh i should have said this or i shouldn't have said that like we'll spend our yeah. time doing that but if you just realize yeah. look life is there's life is not rehearsals there's no rehearsal mm -hmm. you just you do your thing. You you you, yeah. you do what you got. You, yeah. you 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 let it go. And uh... yeah. well, somebody uh, somebody that's a, a musician I really respect um, said to me because I was I was saying something about how I wish that I had kind of gotten more serious about music uh, thirty years ago because um, basically I just I just kind of goofed around and you know um, did a lot of youth group stuff and and worship stuff and all that but uh never got real serious and and i wished i had and he said to me <clears throat> you know what what matters is the time you have now that's what matters that's it and that's so true yep. what matters is the time we have now man yep and do the next do the next good thing play today yeah exactly play. exactly one of these days we'll have to do a duet together man yeah, it's fun. hard on Zoom, but I'd totally be up for it if we if we think we can yeah. do it. If we think we can get figure the, it out, yeah. You know the little lag that exists in here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Got to account for that lag. Well, hey, thanks yeah. everybody that's been uh, um, uh, in the chat. Alex and Scott and David and uh, Jim and Susan and uh, all the all the crowd. Hey, and if you're, I'm missing a bunch of them here. Uh, Leah. If uh, if you're not seeing all those, it's because we put this out on multiple platforms. Um, so some people are on YouTube, some people are on Facebook, some are on Twitter, some are on Twitch, stuff going all over. And by the way, wherever you're watching this, at 7 p.m. Eastern time tonight, we're hosting a webinar on the right to contraception acts that are on state ballots around the country, including in North Carolina, where uh, Democrats are saying we should make sure that people have the right to buy contraception and that shouldn't be uh, limited. And uh, some Republicans are saying no to that. And some Democrats are saying no to that. And we're trying to say, really? You don't think you should have the right to buy a contraception mm. in America? Uh, <laughs> buy a gun, but you can't buy contraception. 
Hello. Uh, All right. So anyway, uh, that's at 7 p.m. tonight. Uh, and uh, so wherever you're watching this, you can watch it there. Or if you go to the Vote Common Good website, you can sign up for the Zoom webinar and uh, do it on the Zoom webinar. All right. Hey, love you, buddy. Thanks for uh, thanks for this. Yeah, and uh, for this. Yeah, I appreciate your, your conversations for All sure. Right. And uh, may God bless Israel. Yeah. And the world. Yes. Amen. Okay. Hey, bye, y'all. Bye.